What's going on, guys? In this podcast, I'm going to discuss my thoughts on how I personally evaluate the cornerback position as it pertains to um, college players and how they translate to the NFL and what I kind of um, hang my hat on in terms of like determining that's the success of that projection. Because as always, with every position, there are guys that are really good college players that will not be able to play in the NFL. It's just the way it is. So um, keep that in mind as we move along here. So we're going to talk about, you know, and also, as always, it's I don't have with the cornerback position. I don't necessarily have a priority in terms of like, OK, I want this, you know, and then I want this and this and this. I think that it's always about the combination of what's or what's your combination of how you win and how does that translate to the NFL game? Okay, so um, obviously there are differences in corners, right? There are many different kinds of corners. There are man corners, zone corners, slot corners, outside corners, et cetera, et cetera. There are ones that can do both or everything, all the above. And um, those guys are cool and fun to evaluate. But there's, you know, you got to know what you're looking for, right? So in general, me, because I'm obviously not affiliated with an NFL team, I personally have a type, I guess you could say, right? If I don't have a type when it comes to um, like slot receipt or slot corner or an outside corner. I just, I identify kind of what those guys are like, okay, so this guy is probably a slot guy. And then I evaluate them based on that. And then I also keep an, keep an open mind to the fact that maybe they could play outside or safety or whatever it is. But I also, um, so I just identify that and then I just go based on that. I don't necessarily Obviously, I value outside corners a little bit more just because that's how the lead does. So if I'm if I have like a very similar grade or an equal grade on an outside corner and a slot corner when I'm making my rankings, if I had to lump them in together, which normally I just make a separate ranking for slot corners, but I would have to put the outside guy ahead if I had to come come up with a ranking of that nature. Anyways, um, so this is one of the positions where you will actually hear me say speed particularly deep speed, it matters a little bit more, right? If you're not, especially on the outside, if you're going to play outside at the NFL level, you're going to have to be able to run a little bit. And I don't really care if you ran a slow 40 time, right? Or, and, and also it's, it's relevant to the kind of corner you are, right? Because if you are a guy that we know is going to be a zone corner, you know, like Trayvon Diggs, for example, I wasn't too terribly concerned with his lack of deep speed because I understand that whoever drafts him is likely going to play more of a zone heavy scheme. You know, they're not going to ask him to, to play up and press man coverage against Tyreek Hill, which nobody can do by the way, but they're not, you know, you know, get what I'm saying. They're not going to ask that of him. So it's just like within what he does. And that's probably the reason why I think he fell to round two, but in that, you know, you have to know what that player is capable of and then grade them upon that accordingly. But given the fact that he's a guy that doesn't have that top end speed, therefore you don't have the option to play him in certain schemes that are more man coverage heavy. Um, you would obviously probably have to dock him a little bit just for that alone. Okay. So um, yes. Yeah, so in this particular position group, I'd say speed matters a little bit more and agility and change of direction are still very, very crucial when it comes to just physical traits that I look for. If you can't change direction as a corner, well, you are in big trouble. These guys are some of the very best athletes on the field at the NFL level, especially because when you look like you're not going to have a cornerback prospect be 
built in the way DK Metcalf was built. And the reason for that is because they have to be able to change direction a little bit. Like you have to have some like relatively decent change of direction skills. And if you don't, you are not going to be able to play cornerback at the NFL level. They'll probably move you to safety if that. Okay, and that's only if you have the kind of size and, and attributes that translate to safety. So agility and change of direction, definitely very important attributes to have. Football intelligence and instincts to me are very underrated when we talk about corners. I think that just the if, like if you have the football intelligence and the instincts um, that are above average for the NFL, that means you can compensate mentally. Right. You can compensate for certain physical limitations that you might have. So like, for example, if there's a guy like Xavier Rhodes at this particular point in his career, he's not a guy that's going to blow you away athletically anymore. He used to be a really good athlete, but at this point in his career, he's got, he's a guy that wins with intelligence, right? And in order for him to be able to win consistently with his mind, you have to put him in a proper scheme that actually allows him to sit back and play with his eyes. You know what I mean? So you're not going to be able to do certain things with him that maybe you used to be able to do Mike Zimmer. And um, I think that, that uh, that's obviously important to have that kind of a understanding. Okay. Composure. And that this right here is something that is one of the most underrated aspects of playing defensive back in the NFL level, especially corner, especially if you're on the outside getting challenged deep down the football field. Can you, if you get beat initially, right, can you stay composed and just play through it and try and get back into play? Because what happens a lot of times is guy, rookie corners, especially you saw it with Jeff Okuda on that one play against DJ Moore, and I'm sure many other plays with Jeff Okuda in his rookie season because he had kind of a rough year. What happens is they get beat off the ball because the speed of the game is just different, right? They get beat quickly and then they panic and they make things worse, right? Whereas a veteran corner, he gets beat off the ball, but he's like, okay, let me just stay in phase. And when that ball comes into their hands, I'm going to, I'm going to be there to, to knock it away. Even though I'm a tick behind, I can still recover it. Like that patience and that composure is very, very important in my opinion to be an NFL corner, because guess what? you are going to be going up against some unbelievable athletic, explosive wide receivers at the NFL level. And there are going to be times, no matter who you are, where they beat you initially, at least, right? And maybe the entire play, that will happen too. But like, if they beat you, what do you do then? You know, that's that's where the composure comes in. And it's, it's extremely underrated. Confidence, okay. This, like, think about Richard Sherman. That dude, when he was, especially when he was young, he's still confident now. But like he came into the league with an unreasonable amount of confidence and you have to have that. You, you have to be a little bit delusional, right? In the sense that like you're going to get beat because as I just said, you're going up against these ridiculous athletes at receiver and these guys are, you know, they're, they're bigger than you and they're faster than you in some cases. So they're going to get behind you at times. Can you deal with getting humiliated? You know, if you remember the game, um, Dante Jackson with Ron Rivera on the Harden or what was it the um, the show they did there for HBO or whatever it is where Ron Rivera's kind of getting on Dante Jackson in the locker room after Antonio Brown was beating him badly especially on that one big play that AB just went right by him and he was like don't let him get in your head he was basically trying to make sure that the confidence of that young player, because of the fact that he was just humiliated, you know, and Dante Jackson's got a ton of confidence. If Panther fan, you know this, um, but uh, like 
that was just one of the examples. Like Rivera was probably in that instance, just trying to make sure Dante Jackson, he still had his confidence about him because you are going to be humiliated at times. And probably for a lot of these guys, that's never happened to them in their life. You know what I mean? Like Dante Jackson runs like four two something. He doesn't get, people don't run by him. You know what I mean? Especially Antonio Brown that runs four five. Like he wasn't expecting that I'm sure. And, um, you know, I'm not even going to get to the specifics of that play, but the point I'm making is, do you have the confidence enough to bounce back from that? And there's different kinds of confidence, too. It doesn't always have to be the Richard Sherman, bold and brash kind. It could also be the kind of James Bradbury. James Bradbury is like awkwardly silent, you know, at least to the media. He's a guy that's very quiet. But when you listen to what he's actually saying when he's being interviewed, you can see the confidence when you really think about it. For example, I remember an interview I watched of Bradbury after his very first preseason game as a rookie against the Baltimore Ravens. They asked him what his expectations were going into the game. And he literally said, he was, he started to say, well, I'm not, I don't want to allow a catch. I don't want to get caught on. And then he goes, well, I guess this is the NFL. So maybe, uh, you know, I don't like, he, he basically had to like d- uh, dumb down his confidence level when interacting with the media. He was saying what his real goal was, he didn't want to allow a catch in his first ever game. You know, so that's kind of insane for a kid coming from Samford, not Stanford, Samford. <laughs> uh, there are some weirdly some defensive back prospects that have made it in the NFL from that school. But the point I'm making is James Bradbury has a different kind of confidence. So it's not always just the guys that are big and loud, right? It's sometimes the guy like James Bradbury that has that very quiet confidence, you know, just like, Hey, I really don't think anybody's going to catch the pass on me. You know, and he's coming into the league with that. And that's a big reason why he's had the success that he's had. Um, play strength, tackling matters, right? If you aren't a good tackler or if you're not a great tackler, but you're willing and you're functionally strong, I will bet on you. I lost CJ Anderson. I'm sorry, CJ Henderson last year. Um, he's a guy that people didn't think was a good tackler. He's not a good tackler, but I saw enough out of him to to believe that, and I know he has the play strength and functional strength. That's what I mean. And so I don't I don't care what his bench press reps were. I want to see on the field how do guys move when he hits them. You know, is it like you can just kind of see and feel the strength when you watch certain guys. And with C.J. Henderson, I felt confidently enough to project that he could um, tackle at the NFL level once he kind of maybe. Um, had to a little bit more, whatever the reason might be. I, I just felt like with his physical skill set and the character that he was made up of, I felt like he could tackle and that problem wouldn't be as big of a deal in the NFL. And I don't know how that's going so far. Hopefully it's going well, but I know this CJ Henderson has all the physical talent to be a top tier cornerback in the NFL, in my humble opinion. Um, let's see here. Athleticism and explosiveness. Again, CJ Henderson is the, is the kind of guy to um, is the poster child of that for me. When I watched him last year, when I was watching his film, the more I watched it, the more I was like, dude, this guy just moves different. He moves even much different than Jeff Okuda, who obviously went way ahead of him or a few picks ahead of him in the draft. But to me, CJ Henderson is just a different kind of mover, right? The fluidity and just the kind of you can see a lot when when they, the footwork, when they're mirroring from press coverage and just the way they move, you can tell when the athleticism and the explosive 
you know, movement skills are there. And I think that's obviously very important for the cornerback position um, in the NFL size, a combination of size, athleticism, and explosiveness. Like where are, do you win? Cause there are guys that are smaller, but that have the athleticism and explosiveness a la Dante Jackson, you know, guys that, um, or even like captain Munderland, if you guys remember him, he was a really good nickel corner for Carolina and Minnesota for a few years. And, um, I think he played for Buffalo actually last year, the year before. But the point I'm making is he's not an explosive athlete, but the way he was built was just perfectly, it was perfect to succeed at the NFL level because he had, he had instincts, he had toughness and he had play strength, right? So where he lacked on the athleticism and explosiveness, he had the mental edge in terms of just the instinctual advantage over some other guys that, because he was a seventh round pick, you know, he wasn't supposed to be a starter for many years in the NFL, but he was a very good starter. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he leads the Panthers in ever in terms of interceptions return for a touchdown or something like that. He was a, you know, and that's just the telltale sign of a guy that in the right scheme, right? Not a scheme that you ask him to play a bunch of man coverage, but in a scheme where you, you let him kind of just feel for what's happening he can compensate for things and he has the combination that works for him of size because he was short, but he was stout, right? So he has that, the combination, he found a combination that works for him in terms of working at the NFL level. Man coverage, zone coverage, can you do both? Are you limited to a particular scheme? Like I mentioned earlier about Trevon Diggs, you're going to have to knock him down a little bit if he can't do certain things that other guys can do. Like if there's a guy that can, can play, you know, man end zone or play, you know, that, that can also run 4-4, four, four, um, you're going to obviously have to have him above him, right? And that's another reason why I think that um, C.J. Henderson was the guy to keep, to keep referencing him. He's someone that I think could do literally anything you want. I mean, obviously he could play man coverage against the best uh, receivers in the NFL, in my opinion, or he will be able to, but he's also a guy that you could put in zone. He had that interception in week one in, from a zone coverage look against the Colts. So he can do all of those things. And I think that's where you kind of like have to give the edge to him over a guy, um, even over Jeff Okuda, which is what I thought last year going into the draft. All right, ball skills. And I'm not talking about just interceptions, but are you able to disrupt receivers at the catch point? Like, do you understand how they're going to catch the ball and when to rip it out of there, when to try and, you know, knock that football out of there at the catch point? Are you getting your hands on the football consistently? Ball skills to me, if um, if you see a guy in college that is making a lot of plays on the football or that's making plays on the football that you don't normally see, like in, in the sense of like a wow play, then that usually that means that they are going to make plays on the football in the NFL. You know, if they're getting a bunch of interceptions and in, in pass breakups in college, typically that means that they will also do so in the NFL. And it's usually because they have really good ball skills, right? Or they have the compensating factors to um, put them in position to make plays on the ball, like the instincts, the intelligence, and you know the route anticipation, all that kind of stuff. And that brings me to this point, actually, is it's physical compensating factors and or mental compensating factors and or both, right? So if you are a guy that has elite physical traits and then you also have elite instincts, well, now we're looking at someone that's just you know, that's a pretty easy projection, right? But if you have, if you're a guy that has limited physical traits, but you have elite mental, like, like I keep going back to the instincts and the intelligence aspects of the game, 
if you understand those types, if you're great at watching film, all that kind of stuff, you can compensate for your physical limitations and, and vice versa. So that is, um, is something that's obviously very important. If you, you know, corners, you have to be smart, man, because the NFL, you know, they're trying to take away, they're trying to make you do the things that you can't do. Right. Then they're trying to attack you at your weakest point. They're just the schemes are so elaborate. A lot of times they're really trying to take advantage of, of you in, in making things as difficult as possible on you. So to have those compensating factors is definitely an important aspect of playing corner in the NFL and really at any position that as far as that one goes. All right. Competitive. How competitive are you? Do you hate to lose? Dave Gettleman always says this. I want guys that hate to lose. I don't want guys that want to win because everybody wants to win. I want a guy that absolutely hates to lose, right? Um, I think that's, uh, you know, competitive nature, right? Jair Alexander coming into the draft, just you saw that competitive nature in him. And uh, even Jeff Okuda had that as well, probably still has that, I'd say. But yeah, how competitive are you? How much do you absolutely hate to lose? Because that's definitely a big factor. And then your motor. I mean, this is something that for corners, especially because of how fast they typically are at the NFL level, like, do they, when they see the ball going away from them, do they pursue the football? You want to see that because if a guy's going down the field and he's, and, you know, he's running free, if you give up on the play immediately, well, you have no chance to catch him. But if you don't give up on the play, a la the DK Metcalf play, where he turned into a defender, you can make that play and you can make huge plays because if you remember on that DK Metcalf play, and I know he's a receiver, but he turned into a defender in that instance against Arizona, the Cardinals didn't end up scoring on that play. Right. So that, you know, plays like that, if you have a high motor and you constantly run the ball, I think that's absolutely crucial. And it's a great bonus point to have. And then just playmaker or do you have the it factor? Do you have the, um, uh, you know, just that the knack for making big plays? That's what really got Josh Norman paid the way he got paid is because he had the it factor. Richard Sherman has and, you know, had and has the it factor. Um, those kinds of like Tyron Matthew, he makes plays in big moments. He's got the it factor. So I think that right there, just being a playmaker, a Deion Sanders is the perfect example, right? He had the it factor to the point where they just wanted to figure out different ways to get the guy the ball. They'd line him up a receiver and throw 50 yard pass to him. And that that's just, they'd line him up as a, you know, punt returner, a kick returner. And he was just that talented. When he got his hands on the football, he made plays and he got his hands on the football a whole lot. Even if he was just the defense or just on defense, he would get his hands on that damn football. So being a playmaker at that position specifically as it pertains to the NFL level. And even Captain Munner, let me give a shout out to Captain. If you're going to lead an organization in their history in interceptions return for a touchdown, well, that means you've got that it factor. So I think having that it factor is uh, definitely an important part of playing the cornerback position at the NFL. So um, typically this year, as I watch more film, I'm going to start sorting my corners and how I will sort them personally is I'll do um, outside corners in one bracket and then I'll do slot guys in the next. So that's what uh, you can expect from me moving forward. And I appreciate you guys for listening to this pod and I will see you in the next one.